interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 89, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Josh. Hello humans. Josh, do you ever wonder, with all this news about Moon Knight, I'm just, I'm just thinking now, Conchu's Fist of Vengeance, doesn't that sound just a little dirty? <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, rated M, kids. Fuck, like he's got to be wrapped in toilet paper for a reason. <laughs> oh, that's dirty on a totally different level. <laughs> I gotta stop before I go too far. <laughs> so, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send an email to comics at notarobotpodcasts.com. And you can get us on Twitter, too, at NotArobotComics. And if you feel like supporting us, you can visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for very little a month. We also have our very own Discord server. And all of us here at NotArobot are online and ready to chat. With some support, you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans. Keep an eye on Twitter for more info. So for today's books, we are looking at Batman Beyond Neo Year number one. Monkey Prince number three, Batman Killing Time number two, Batman number 122, and Suicide Squad number 14 with an honorable mention for One Star Squadron number five. But before we get into all those lovely sounding books, let's get into some news. Uh, So anything new going on with you, Josh? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, the same old, same old. And uh, I guess one new thing is that we released our interview with steve orlando we had this week we released that today so uh that would be on thursday for those that are listening tomorrow back up one back up one uh, back up one episode and you'll be able to hear that yeah i've i've heard a bit and it sounds very very good Uh, I've, i've heard good feedback from it so definitely check it out um I'm actually trying to find the other comic news we had. There was a announcement today from Tom King. I'm sure some of you have heard about. He is doing a Dark Crisis tie-in. And that is uh, Dark Crisis World Without a Justice League Superman number 1. With a very cool looking cover, I think. And it's detailing... <clears throat> excuse me. It's detailing uh, John and Clark's time together that they lost out on so for all of us that were pissed when bendis aged john up four or five years without his parents spending any time with him during his teen years now we get to see it thanks to tom king (laughs) which is very interesting uh also very curious how this ties into dark crisis this story is getting a lot bigger every time we hear about it uh, so I'm I'm very interested to see what this is, and I'm super excited to see uh, John and Clark grow together. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It will be nice to see that, even if it is from Tom King. I'm hoping that it. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's that it, that it's a pretty good read. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other announcement. I see it now. 
Uh, Webtoons has promised more DC content is coming this year. They have a story featuring Vixen and Red Hood and the Outlaws and Zatanna in amongst the, uh, I believe it's, oh god, what what's it, the Wayne Family Adventures, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. really good by the way. I, I've checked out a couple. I'm honestly, I could never get into webtoons, so I haven't really taken the time to really dive into the DC stuff. But I, I've seen some good things out of it. It looks really good, and the the panels I've seen for Vixen that comes out May twenty sixth is Vixen with Red Hood and Zatanna coming later this year. <clears throat> uh, the Vixen panels look really good. I haven't gotten a chance to check them out yet, but I definitely will. Hmm. Uh, so the only other thing I've got from this week is the second round for DC Comics Round Robin 2022 tournament started this week. We got the our tallies in. Very disappointing. Oh, God. I, I am still shocked. So for Battle 1, you had Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the changeling up against Wildcat 9 lives. The Hawks took that battle. You never want to pit two JSA members against each other. Nobody wins. No. Then you had the battle two was the questions grand solution versus Constantine and the demon vacation from hell. And the demons took it there. Suicide Squad Dark versus Justice League Redacted. I think in a surprising upset, Suicide Squad Dark took that one. I thought for sure people would go for Justice League Redacted. That's the one I want. My hardest choice between Firestorm, Fourth World Problems, and Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear, I would not be upset at either of these books advancing. Kid Flash took the Vic, uh, so he's advanced to the next round. Uh, Black Canary, When Canaries Cry, versus Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever. Green Lantern took that battle. We had Ghost Tour from Hell, up against Animal Man, The Metamorphosis. This is the one I'm kind of the most pissed about. Well, yeah, Ghost Tour does that... sound good, and it did win... What the fuck? Animal Man sounded so much better. It really did. It sounded like a hell of a story. This is one yeah. of those cases where I am bummed out that we're only getting one series out of all of this. Yeah. I, I really hope DC pulls something out of their ass and just publishes most, if not all, of these. Uh... I'll jump to the last battle first. Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, up against Cyborg, Cyber Gods. Um, I wasn't too hooked on the Cyborg story when I first read it, but when I read them back uh, to my SO yesterday, I was like, oh, actually, this does, this does sound really good. But it was too late because Superboy won, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he advanced. And the battle that nobody saw coming. Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy versus Captain Carrot and his best friend Darkseid. And to no one's surprise anywhere, Captain Carrot lost. Fuck's yeah, sake. Unfortunately, uh, we knew that was going to happen. Oh yeah, it was, it was bound to happen. So that means now, round two, we have our new sets of battles with creative teams... So we have Hawkman and Hawkwoman the Changeling, written by Kevin Scott with art by Fico Osio, and my god, does that art look good. A hell of a creative team, and the cover we're seeing looks fantastic. I I honestly, okay, I'm going to get to speculation at the end. <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead. Constantine of the Demon Vacation from Al also looks badass. It's written by Frank Allen with art by Nick Varela. 
And then you have Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever, written by Cy Spurrier, with art by Marco Santucci. And Ghost Tour from Hell is written by T. Franklin, with art by Dominique Domo Stanton. Suicide Squad Dark is written by Zach Thompson, with art by Gary Brown. And Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear is written by Brandon Easton, with art by Travis Mercer. And finally, Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy is written by Scott Brian Wilson, with art by Skylar Patridge. And Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, is written by Kenny Porter, with art by Janoi Lindsay. Uh, some, mm. Definitely some familiar creatives there. Some new to me that I, I don't recognize, but they all look Same and here. sound interesting. Uh, so honestly, I was looking at the bracket, and there's a chance, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Lantern fan, I'm also looking at the scores right now that I can see between Twitter and Instagram. And there is a good chance that the top four, three of which will be a Lantern-related book. Wow. There's also a very good chance that, depending on how you view the Hawks, all four books will be DC Cosmic-related books. The Hawks are definitely cosmic. You have to consider oh, yeah. those. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking is about that next today. to Denver. <laughs> it, correct. And I was thinking about that. It might even depend... On just where Hawkman is in his lifetime. And like who he's with. Because Hawkgirl, I think right now... I'm pretty sure they switch every so often. Right now is Kendra. And she's Earthbound. But then Shayera is on Thanagar as Hawkwoman. So I think depending on who he's palling around with at the time. Depends on whether you call him Earthbound or Cosmic. But I would always consider the Hawks Cosmic. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So definitely. there, there's a good chance that we're going to have four cosmic books in the top four choices, <clears throat> which I'm I'm okay with. I love DC Cosmic. I wish we had more of it. We were actually just talking about that here. What uh, la- last, last week in the last Discord? Week, I think yeah. About how about, DC has yeah. great cosmic characters, but doesn't do like a whole lot. Yeah. I I want to see more space cavy. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad we um, didn't get Captain Carrick in there. Yeah. Uh so honestly final I I might be jumping ahead we're a couple of rounds out from the winner, but honestly, I'm going to call it now. I think the Hawks are going to take it. Oh, that now that would be cool. Yeah, especially considering the stiff competition that they're going up against. Oh yeah, like every book sounds good. All sixteen, I could not say the same for last year's competition, but this one, I I'd be excited for any of these books winning. Oh, for sure. Although I am yeah. gonna miss Captain Carrot. Oh, and yeah. Justice League Redacted. That's and great. the Cyborg I, honestly, book. So I think only two or three of the ones that I voted for advanced. <laughs> yeah. I we actually do get a look now at the team on Suicide Squad Dark because the blurb <clears throat> that they had in the last round didn't mention the team picked, but it did mention the team in Justice League Redacted. So the team in Suicide Squad Dark that you can kind of see in the potential cover. Yeah, Vampire Batman, that was known. Uh, Vampire Plastic Man, Zatanna, uh, version of Swamp Thing. Keep in mind, these are all characters from Earth-13, if I'm not mistaken. Zatanna, 
Swamp Thing, Frankenstein, Raven, Gorilla Grodd, and Sinestro. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like that, and the Sinestro, it, he's got a little glint in his eye, and he's got like a dark costume on, so there might be a chance he's a Black Lantern, or he might just not be a Lantern at all. Who knows? But the team was pretty fucking solid. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, at least for me, I think it looks cool. So do I. I think it's. I yeah. think it looks. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. They all look cool. Like I said, I wouldn't be upset at any of these books coming, but we'll see. I just wish I. It the the biggest injustice is that only one is going to win. But we we all say that. We all know this. It's a damn shame. Right. Yeah. So is there any right, well, anything else popped up? No, I think that's about it, man. I think uh I think that's about all we've got. Um well we've got an honorable mention before we swing that spotlight over, I believe anyway. Yes, we do. Yeah, we have an honorable mention for One Star Squadron number 5. And honestly, this this issue, the whole book uh, or at least specifically this issue, boasts consistent art with a darker story this time around that it's honestly sure to keep you reading until the end. And there's not many comedy books are this heavy. It's dry humor for sure. There's not a laugh in this one as far as I remember. There might be one that's like a chuckle, but nothing like the previous issues. I loved it. <laughs> it's it's a solid, a solid choice, solid read. Definitely worth a pickup, especially you you think you're getting a... a general comic or comedy comic but it's much deeper than that uh, definitely check it out well i fully plan to yes i think uh, i think it's been one hell of a ride dude it started off it started off silly it got sad and now it it's it's dark i feel oh, yeah. um the art depressing. is really yeah, the art is really good. It's a hell of a story. I wouldn't call it fun because it's emotional, but it is definitely worth a read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. The art does take a bit of getting used to. Not that it's bad art, it's just looking at Red Tornado. It's really weird because he has bloody pupils. <laughs> you know he's an android, but it feels like he's staring into your non-existent soul. <laughs> yeah. At least a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> nice eyes, though. It's a nice color on him, blue eyes. I think it's good. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. I think it, it shows his humanity. Exactly. All right, so I guess uh, that'll take us on uh, over to our spotlight round. What do you think? I do believe so. We're going to swing that spotlight on over to a book that I know both you and Brandon and quite a few other people were definitely excited for. Oh, you were damn right. Uh, we're, we're going, uh, I'm not going to sing it this time. I so want to, but I'm going to change it. We're going forward in time to Batman Beyond Neo Year number one. <laughs> Welcome back, Terry McGinnis. So, uh, this is from writer Colin Kelly and Jackson. Sorry, writers Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Max Dunbar, 
Colors from Sebastian Chang and Letters from Aditya Bidikar. So Terry McGinnis is donning the suit after the death of Bruce Wayne at the hands of none other than Gotham City herself and vows to do everything he can to stop the rise in crime that is seemingly going unnoticed by the police, at least according to Commissioner Barbara Gordon. Just in time for a new villain to pop up and pose a great threat to Terry's success. This is a welcome return that feels right at home in Neo-Gotham, even if Neo-Gotham doesn't want us. I'm super excited to have not one, but two books coming out in the same month featuring Terry as a main character in the Batman Beyond suit. It's everything I've wanted. <laughs> not everything. There's a couple things I'm missing, but it's it's exciting. I grew up on this shit. I love it. I'm super happy it's here. It's an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Uh, for me, this is some heavy Batman Beyond stuff. I really look forward to hearing uh, more about this title as it goes along. I It feels a bit different from where we left off on the last Beyond run. Um, mm-hmm. I I enjoyed the story. I'm not a huge Beyond fan. I'm not. I haven't read everything that's out there. I couldn't quote the episodes, but I, I did love the cartoon, and I did really enjoy Dan Jurgen's run on this last one, at least, um, you know, most of it. So, um yeah. The big names are familiar names. It was really easy to get into Powers and Terry and whatnot. It looks good while getting there too. It's a fun one, especially if you like Batman Beyond. I gave this a seven point five out of ten. Fair enough. Yeah, you make a good point. With uh, definitely feels different from the last books. I, I forgot to mention it. To me, it it while it did feel different, it felt closer to the original series, the cartoon like the same tone it had there with that darker futuristic tone. It definitely had that same feel. Okay. So we are going now back inside to Gotham again, (laughs) Uh, but but we're not going to follow Batman. We're going to go visit another Gotham based hero. Someone a little newer as none other than monkey Prince. And Josh is going to tell us all about that. Written by Jin Lung Yang, with art from Bernard Chang, coloring from Sebastian Chang, Janice Chang on lettering, and a cover from Chang and Chang. There is a lot going on coming in from last issue. Monkey Prince has a circlet on his head that squeezes painfully as a method to train him. I'm going to put it out there, that's messed up, Shifu. Yeah. Um, Then he meets Kaya, who thinks he did something with her brother. He tells her no way and that he'll go find him. The prince does find him. That's Riz, for those of you that don't remember. And he's being interrogated by Robin. A fight breaks out. Prince gets his arm cut off by Robin, who only used a bow staff to do so. And you'll understand more if you you read uh, the... Oh, shit. What's it called? Um, Monkey Prince. The, the monkey prince um but the, the 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 name of the story where monkey prince came oh from. uh yeah uh journey to the west journey to journey to the west yes thank yeah. you so uh monkey prince gets his arm cut off scoops up riz and takes off all of that happened after shifu piggy told him that he was needed to to defend all of china there was a powerful demon on the loose and he let the prince know unfortunately the monkey prince chose poorly 
His parents were captured by another demon on Earth, and that's the one that's possessing Penguin. After finding the Riz, Monkey Prince and Kaya share a kiss. He loses focus, re- revealing that he is that he has a human form. Thankfully, Shifu earlier gave him a mask to wear, so she doesn't know that it's Marcus. Back to Shifu showing Prince a video on his flip phone, of all things, of a definitely demoned-out penguin calling out the Batman, showing Marcus's parents as prisoners. And now we have to wait a month. <laughs> this this yeah. uh, this one was so much better than the last one. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm pretty much back in all the way. Of course, the art looks great all the way through, like usual. And the characters, their voices, the story are right where they should be. Maybe I just didn't like the way uh, Yang was writing Batman, but these th- these feel a lot more spot on, including Robin's. So I'm I'm digging that, and I'm digging the way it looks, man. Eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's it's still a solid, very fun read with wacky moments that are just sure to please. And Monkey Prince as a character, I think, should stick around for a good long while. I've I'm with never you there. One... <clears throat> uh, I've never been one to shy away from talking about how much I love the original story, Journey to the West, and just uh, the Monkey King and, and the influence that he has on all sorts of other media. And this is no different. It's so much fun. Oh my god, I'm, I'm loving that. It's here. It's 8 out of 10 for me for this one. And the, the art is fun. It's just great. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth that 8.5 out of 10. At least on my end. Yeah. Uh, I, I can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've changed up my grading stuff. I forgot to mention that last time. I've kind of changed up my grading a little bit. I'm grading on a little bit of a harder curve now. Good. Make them work yeah. for those numbers. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of working for those numbers, <laughs> and that we're on to our, our last spotlight book, and that is Batman Killing Time. Oh, sorry, my throat is bugging me today. Keep having me clear it. <clears throat> so, he's not just killing time; he's killing time. So this is, I don't even know where I was going with that. He's not just standing around waiting. I mean, I, technically he is? Okay, let's talk about the book. You'll, it'll make more sense if you... Okay, it'll kind of make sense if you read it. So <laughs> this is written by Tom King, and that's what I mean by it'll maybe make sense. Uh, so it was written by Tom King, with art by David Marquez, colors from Alejandro Sanchez, and letters from Clayton Cowles. Essentially, in this issue, Batman is investigating rather forcefully theft that has taken place while Riddler and Catwoman hide out in a safe house awaiting the potential buyer for their stolen good because I believe it was just the one gem they stole Uh, all the while Catwoman is yeah all the while Catwoman is just slowly freaking out and getting paranoid that Batman is gaining on them every second they're waiting and by the end of the issue, he is. <laughs> He's actually on his way there right now. Um, Whoops. As for the entire issue, great art, but fuck, man, it reads like you're watching a descriptive video. Like, like if you've ever watched a show that has descriptive video on for uh, the visually impaired, mm-hmm. it, it reads like that. 
every panel is narrated for what's going on in the panel. And I understand somewhat through the book, you you get an idea of what the narration's about. It's somebody writing the events down in a journal. And that's a character that's in the book that has not been revealed who it is yet, but is a character that has to do with the story. And I get that, but it's very, very distracting when every single thing that's drawn in the panel is narrated on a text box. The art does that job. The art tells us what's going on. You don't need to tell us twice. I don't get it. And also, quick question, how the fuck do you pronounce a hyphen? You don't. Yeah. How how the hell can she be saying bat hyphen man and then that unless she's specifically saying bat hyphen man instead of just Batman with a hyphen okay, in the so word. The God. the way that I read that was uh it pronounced um like she said it Batman. Mm-hmm. Like accentuating oh, okay. both like both of the words instead of just Batman, it was right. Batman. Almost like saying man of bats or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the hyphen, I mean so. that that was a bit okay. yeah. Fucking yeah. ducktails. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> that's 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 gonna be my input whenever somebody fucks up Batman's voice. Thank you, yeah. Bendis, for giving me that ducktail. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse at the same time. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um. But fuck, man. I, it's an interesting read. The art is fantastic. I think Marquez and Sanchez are knocking it out of the park. But the over narration is very distracting and very unnecessary and takes the book or makes the book take twice as long to read than it should um the historical stuff with uh the the i don't remember the the characters names now um from the roman empire i believe while a fascinating tale uh it's very unclear what the hell it has to do with today so (laughs) it's, it's it's a very curious book uh as is tom king's mo uh so for this one it's a seven out of ten solely for the art uh the story is interesting enough uh just what the fuck is going on yeah i mean i like the story too man there's but there's there and this usually isn't a problem for me but there's so much time jumping and flipping back and forth as it was a little hard for me to keep track of yeah. i mean i get I get that there's there's going to be clearly defined parallels between the stories that are going on now and in ancient Greece, but I don't see the need to include ancient Greece. We see, see King doing that in a lot of his books, and it's completely unnecessary. Uh, use yeah. the pages for your story, not to include a lengthy, pointless, meanwhile, 3,000 years ago. I, I feel like the book could be a lot better without it, even if it's a shorter issue. Also, maybe trust the art to let us know what's going on um, rather than having to do the assistance for those that are visually impaired, uh, like Rob said, because that that again, that makes it that makes it too much. Um, yeah, uh, Marquez and Sanchez make the art look easy in this. Uh, that's that's a great job on the art this book is okay but it could be so much better because of marquez and sanchez and the general idea of the plot 
I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. There it is. <clears throat> yeah, so... Yeah, that's Batman killing time. And reading it sometimes just feels like killing time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. So that, that was our spotlight books, <laughs> yeah. So we are going to take a quick commercial break. Please stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, welcome back. I hope that wasn't too much. Uh, happy you stuck around with Not a Robot. So, we're finally getting into our main reviews. We have just two books in main continuity this week to talk about. Uh, just surprising. Uh, but here we are. So, the first one, we're going back to Gotham yet again. It feels like we never left. It's Batman number 122, and Josh is going to tell us all about that. I am. I feel like maybe we have a room in Bruce's brownstone. We have what, sir? I feel like maybe we have a room in Bruce's brownstone. Oh, definitely, yeah. We're always hanging out with the Bat family. Anyway, Shadow War Part 2 is here, and and it starts out, of course, with Batman on the case. Dr. Chase is there and found finds joy in knowing something that Batman doesn't know. There's a giant hole on the outskirts of the city that burrows directly underneath it, and that is how Fake Stroke got in and out of the city. Hmm. Using a digital recreation... I know, I like Fake Stroke. <laughs> Using a digital recreation he uh, that where he can replay what happened, studying the assassination... He's determined that the shooter missed Talia on purpose, though he still doesn't know it's not Deathstroke. Speaking of which, Deathstroke and his minions of a wide variety are still under attack and on the losing side of it, with the Ink suffering uh, the loss mostly due to some sudden resignations. Robin meets Ravager in a bar after that, and it takes pretty much no convincing her to team up and hunt down her dad. Meanwhile, Batman goes after the League, and eventually Talia al Ghul herself. After some talking, Batman learns that Talia did not hire Deathstroke, and that Robin went out after Deathstroke alone. After some sparring, Batman realizes that she is still injured from the shot, and lets it known that he never wants to see Talia hurting. And they share a kiss. <sighs> Everything is falling apart for poor Slade, no one yeah. seems to have a clue that it wasn't Deathstroke. And Bruce, I am telling Selena, period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're on the outs or not. That's not okay, man. <laughs> Honestly, so far, this story is killing it. The way they drew and colored and shaded the issue is so cool. I really like the way it looks. And that's with pretty much every panel. One thing is for sure. Deathstroke is a crap magnet. <laughs> um, the story, though, again, I'm I'm really interested because there's so many interested working parts, but that means it could all unravel, too. However, I hope that this particular sweater stays together throughout the whole thing. And that part of the story, I'm going to give an 8.75 out of 10 to. 
Right, there's a backup. I did read it, but I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if I didn't know any better, uh, I'd say Bruce is going through a midlife crisis. Either that or he just <laughs> right? needs some serious therapy for all the shit he's gone through recently. Like, he lost his father figure, he lost his money, he lost his home twice, he lost all his toys, he lost his family twice, and, and shit, man. Right? Shit, his son won't talk ah. to him, but he deserves it because he's a dick. And he just goes right back to his ex because that's what you do when you're going through a tough time. Like, right? fuck, so... Like, who hasn't had their ex get shot at by an assassin and when you go to investigate, you find out it wasn't actually them that did it to themselves and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to kiss you now. Like, that's so relatable. Totally. Fuck. I mean, it's happened to me twice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, how many assassins do you know? <laughs> Uh, um, just the two. Just okay. Just the Wait. two. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, as for this, the, the whole issue though, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm kind of digging the story so far. This is a, a I'm not gonna say fun one. It's actually quite dark. Uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, the Agreed. artwork is fantastic. I'm super excited to see where it goes, and I'm still holding to my word that Grant Wilson is back. I'm calling it now. I know nothing, folks. This is not a spoiler. This is completely speculation on my part, but under the fake stroke mask is none other than Grant Wilson, and if it's not, I am sticking to my word. I will eat the actual written paper of the Judas contract. And when I say that, I'm not like I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna eat the book. I'm gonna eat the actual contract. Okay, that's much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to clear that up because I figured there might be some confusion from last time. But yeah, I'm gonna eat the actual contract. There we with go. Milk, with milk. Because dry paper is not very tasty. And milk does somebody good. Exactly. Yeah. Calcium and fiber. Look at that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> two, two of the four food groups <laughs> um that, that's the main story though i, I gave it a, an 8.5 i'm i'm really digging it oh yeah me too man me too yeah. now as far as the backup goes uh this is a quick little story it's called secret meetings and it starts out with james gordon sharing with batman that someone has put a hit out on robin of course that's something batman already knew so that little conversation was kind of pretty much pointless. He's following Robin from a distance, and he's able to use Robin as bait to draw out the would-be assassin, who is none other than Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. This is their first meetup of all time. Deathstroke recognizes that Batman is a skilled fighter and is able to call out the masters who taught him his moves as he performs them. After quite a fight, Deathstroke reveal won't reveal, excuse me, who it was that hired him, but he does say that it was just a phone call and the person on the other end at on the other end of the line would not stop laughing. That's when he takes his mask off and we see that Slade has been jokerized. Ultimately this was unnecessary, but it was fun enough. Hmm. The initial exchange, the first two pages anyway, 
the dialogue and what happens seems so seriously familiar. I don't know if it's from a, a comic that I've read or maybe from a cartoon. I don't, I, I don't know, but those first two pages, they, they felt like I'd seen that between these two before. Um, Bruce I, and Gordon, Batman and Gordon talking. No, I'm everything, everything, but everything, but, uh, Gordon, when when Deathstroke and oh. Batman first meet, after that, I feel like uh, yeah, yeah, it I, does feel a little familiar. It, I almost, I don't want to. I I feel like it came from Betos. It could be. It it reminds me a lot of uh, that Deathstroke boss fight in Arkham Origins. Very possible. Maybe that's where I'm grabbing it from. So. Uh, regardless of where it was inspired from, I I didn't hate it. It looked good. It was fun. I didn't love it either, but maybe that's because it felt like I had seen it before. Um, so this one ended up getting a seven out of ten for me. And the whole damn book was pretty damn good. It was a great story, followed by a kind of fun one. So the whole book altogether got an eight out of ten for me. Yeah, the backup is well-drawn art nice colors uh kind of muted but very um kind of reminiscent of that era that it's taken place in as well got a very 90s feel to it um and yeah I, i'm enjoying the story it, it's a it's a backup it's a small story right now it, it's not going to be some major masterpiece i'm not expecting that so i i'm just going to enjoy the ride while we have it so i'll give it an eight uh, I'll put the whole book in an 8.25, which I think is a solid score for the issue. Yeah. An interesting thing I thought, or I found though, that the main story, there was no title card and there was no credit pages. Or credits at all. Seemed weird, right? Yeah. But that might be due to the fact that our last book also fucked up the credits. <laughs> That I discovered when I wrote about it, because <laughs> you know we got to end on a high note. So let's talk about for our last book, Suicide Squad number fourteen. Oh boy, here we go. Written as far as I know by Dennis Hopeless, with art by Dexter Soy, Julio Ferreira, and Eduardo Pansica, with colors by Jeremiah Skipper and Peter Pantazis, with letters from Wes Abbott. And I say as far as I know because the cover says Thompson in the writer section. But the interior of the book says Dennis Hopeless. Hmm. So I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm just going to go with what's inside. <laughs> so take that as a fact. So as for the story, Flag Squad, Rick Flag Squad, is trying its damnedest to not fall into obscurity after the events of War for Earth 3. But let's face it, they're failing miserably. <laughs> yeah so they they end up returning to bell reeve thanks to waller right as the u.s army blows it to hell surprisingly they did not die because uh, weeks later rick flag is stuck in a wheelchair with a broken leg and many cuts and scrapes watching some missions take place Bloodsport has gone AWOL after having escaped with pretty much every version of his brother in the multiverse and is now losing his mind living with 50 teenagers. 
Peacemaker and Ambush Bug are on a mission together to steal more Superboy clones, which goes horribly wrong as they end up releasing them all instead, all but one that Ambush Bug teleports into the, the front cab of the truck, and he's passed out, so he's safe to go. Talon's ghost passes on while Culebra, uh, still a ghost, is working with Mirror Master, who remains a drunk and strictly a getaway man. The only member that succeeded in her mission properly is Dr. Rodriguez, who apparently cannot be killed as she just went to town on the U.S. Army at an army base and just fucked up a whole bunch of machines. She took a bunch of bullets and nothing happened. As far as Suicide Squad goes, she doesn't fit. She she can't die. <laughs> You're on the wrong team. I'm sorry. That's uh, not your fault. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they all end up together now where Flag shows them what their next mission is because, honestly, they're all pissed because everything's falling apart. But Flag says they just need to get funding. And in order to get that funding, they're going to kidnap Lex Luthor because they haven't had enough bad ideas. So... <laughs> Uh, a book that was interesting was ruined by a lackluster crossover that did less for the team than Ambush Bug ever did. And even, the, <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, even the credits aren't accurate. So, frig, man. I, every time I go to look at this score, it drops. <laughs> I think I initially rated this a 6.5. Then I changed it to a 6 before I finished my notes. Now I'm putting it at a 5 because, damn. Ugh. It's just a mess. It's a mess. What happened? I enjoyed this book once upon a time. I did too. Once upon a time. But I feel like that was back when somebody else was writing it. This felt okay. Not terribly engaging. At the same time, it does have me wondering what's going to happen to the Suicide Squad next. Where it goes from here forward. I do like the art in the book. Just not the whole issue. Um... Not just this whole issue, excuse me. I do like the art throughout the whole arc. Uh, and on the cover, because when I was a kid, I loved that movie over the top. And I think it pretty much describes this issue. I think that felt real good. But ultimately, this was seriously lackluster. And it just kind of felt like they knew that the book was coming to an end. And it was just a giant pile of fuck it. And regardless of whether or not you're happy about the way your book is ending or how long your run has been, pull off a closer. I mean, yeah. you started a story, finish it. That if Even if the middle was shit, at least try to have a little bit of decency. Is that what I'm looking for? Dignity? Have a little bit of work yeah. ethic about about what you're trying to put out there. I mean, the editing was fucked in this one. I mean, yeah. The whole thing top to bottom. So, um I because I love the art so much, I did bump it up from where I would typically have uh graded this issue without such stellar art. And that put me at having it at a 6 out of 10. Yeah. It's just a damn shame. It had so much potential. I thought it was really cool. And then they had to do the War for Earth 3 crossover. I think that's that's ultimately what killed it. It was slowly losing its pace just before that anyway. But I think that crossover ultimately just killed the book. It's just a damn shame. It's an interesting team, too. It really is. 
The Mirror Master? Talon? Like, how are you going to kill Talon? He's a zombie. Well, yeah. He can't you die. Can. <laughs> I mean, certainly, uh, I've never seen it to where a zombie dies and then their spirit releases. Yeah. And turns into a ghost, for Christ's sake. That That was like, I don't know. The whole thing felt really weak and weird. I'm not hating on it too much. I'm just, I'm really, honestly, I'm bummed out that it was such a flounder for me because it did. It started out with good potential, but then it just, it, it, it's been wrapped in this Earth 3 shit since the get-go and the Earth 3, it, it drags everything down. It shouldn't be the world of opposite heroes. It should be the world of increased gravity because everything just goes right to the floor. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Sometimes a little further. But um I believe that's it for the books, man. We we wrapped up yeah, this week. That, you ready to uh that, that knock out it. our top three and our favorite moment? I think so, yeah. I, I feel like I I just want to complain about Suicide Squad more, but I think I'm out of things to complain about. I mean we could go on and on, but I mean it wasn't so <laughs> horrible. No point. Yeah, it, it, we're not looking at a city of Bane here. No. <laughs> I didn't hate that story. I hated no, what happened to, to, to Alfred, but like the the story was interesting. I just hate what happened to Alfred. There were so many loose plot points in that thing. And I swear yeah. to God, like every issue was dictated by what he read on Twitter the previous month. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it just it took so many left turns, man. It didn't even yeah. end up in a square. <laughs> just like, like some kid really bored on an etch a sketch, it just kept on spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, what did you have yeah. for your top three and favorite moment, Rob? Okay, so my top three. At number three, I had Batman Beyond Neo Year. Number one, super excited to have Batman Beyond back with Terry McGinnis. Super cool. Uh, number two, I had Batman. Uh, solid story so far. I hope this crossover does way better than other crossovers we've had recently. And number one, in a surprising upset, I had One Star Squadron. Honestly, it it just stuck with me this week. It I it was the, I think it was the first or second I read and it, it was just stuck with my mind for the rest of the time. It was so interesting. It's so heavy. Um, as for best moments actually came from that issue, but I don't know if I want to spoil it because <laughs> it definitely just worth a, a look. It's, is red tornado ready telling Minuteman the, the bad news, the worst news he ever wants to hear even worse than you're fired. Uh, I'll let you all, see it for yourselves it was a hell of a moment yeah it really was my top three i also included one star squadron there but i got that in my third place number two went into uh batman shadow war alpha number two i thought that was a spectacular issue and because i uh i went through and of course you know i read them i grade them and that at the end i look at my top three and uh, somehow, Monkey Prince decided that it was going to eke out past Batman this week, and it has landed my number one spot. Nice. Um, my Solid choice. 
Yeah, my favorite moment was uh, the splash on the credits page of Batman. Uh, that was that was wicked cool, man, and I think it looked really fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I guess that's the good. Yeah, I I suppose. I now yeah. it's oh, time yeah, yeah, for. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get at the, the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. That's gross. Who'd you have for your that stinker, Rob? Nasty. Oh, uh, no. Monkey Prince. No. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's going to be book here, too. killed itself. That's like the, the only thing that makes sense. It stuck true to its own title. It killed itself. Shit. Amen. Now, here's the thing. I want... Uh, Suicide Squad got the lowest score for from me this week but i i'm going to suicide squad did a full point lower than the other book the book that i gave it to but the the reason why i'm not going to give it to suicide squad is because the book that i'm choosing the reason why i don't like it are very intentional choices so even though Suicide Squad got got lowest score this week, my biggest stinker is going to be Killing Time. Oh, okay. I just the the things that are done in there, the 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 jump, the time jumps, the uh, um, the overly heavy dialogue, the inclusion of ancient Greece just to make a deeper story. Which I mean, if that's what you do every single time you write a book, it's not deeper. It's, it's expected. It, it's it's mm-hmm. run of the mill, and it's just the same recipe over and over and over again. So, uh, yeah. because you made the choice to make it bad, I'm gonna give it to Batman Killing Time, 100. percent Fair enough. Yeah, honestly, you you have a really good point with uh, the time jumps and whatnot. Because I was reading, I was thinking this this is almost as confusing as Batman Catwoman. Yes. Exactly. Almost, except it takes place in present day, so I actually kind of understand what the hell's going on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it yeah. takes place in present yeah. day. Some of it yeah, is. Some of it. Meanwhile, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. The king is I, going for a walk. Indeed, I, it is. Yeah. I guess that's it for the show, though, huh, Rob? Yeah, that is it for the show. It was a quick one today, but it was a quick week as well. So remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast for just a dollar a month. Get your name shouted out on podcast of your choice, access to all of our material and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and don't be a robot.